welcome to this episode of the Horror Drafts Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brantley Palmer, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Mr. Nicholas Schwartz. Nick, how are you doing today? Never better, Brantley. How are you? I, I love to hear that. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm doing very well, too. Thank you. Uh, oh, I'm doing especially well because we have a guest with us here for this episode. Uh, he is a Colorado-based film and TV professional, horror lover, and the co-writer and co-director of the upcoming independent horror film Field of Screams, currently in pre-production. Evan Runkel, welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm uh, I'm very excited to to draft occult horror with you. And uh, before we get into that, though, I, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about this movie you have in pre-production, Field of Screams. Can you tell the folks about that? Yeah, so this is a project that um kind of the singular nice thing to come out of covid is we had the first draft of a script um and then we kind of had years to make many more drafts of a script uh this was back when we lived in iowa so naturally our inclination was to do a scarecrow based horror movie Mm. um just because farms are everywhere there um We've since moved to Colorado, uh, myself and my co-director, Alex Mode, uh, where there's less farms, but we did look out. Uh, We found a great farm. We're going to start shooting uh, this, the end of May, uh, 2024. Nice. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, this upcoming month, uh, we're doing a Kickstarter to get some supplemental funds together. Uh, got a lot of the equipment, the locations, uh, paid for just a lot of this going to cast and crew. So we're having to beg them a little less. Gotcha. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. That's uh, very exciting. And, um, whenever you get the link for the Kickstarter set up, let us know. We'll, um, we'll put it out on, um, socials and everything for folks. Oh, super. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's very exciting. Um, I know there's been some scarecrow-based horror films, although the the names of some of them are are I'm blanking on immediately. But I can see like the cover from back in the video store or something. But I maybe you remember the titles. I don't know. <laughs> so I hadn't really seen a lot of scarecrow horror. Um, okay. I just was like, oh, you know, uh, I don't see a lot of this. I know of it conceptually. Um, the past couple weeks, we we're like, you know, we should probably watch some of these i had a big fear that we accidentally were ripping some off Mm. Uh, but that ended up not being the case so that's cool Uh, yeah i think the biggest one that people point to is dark knight of the scarecrow yeah okay there you go yeah that was an 80s tv movie so it's oddly like kind of shiny nothing too uh graphic one of the best parts is that someone falls into a wood chipper and instead of seeing any of the gore or anything, it cuts to jam being poured onto a plate. <laughs> uh, so it, it's kind of nice in that regard. It, it was better than I thought. And then there's, yeah, Scarecrows also is like an 80s one. Okay. That one uh, probably could have used the Scarecrow aspect a little better. They functioned a little more like zombies. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, not not a huge genre, which is why we're hoping that that ours will stand out a little bit for that. Okay. Maybe I was thinking of the most terrifying horror film of all, The Wizard of Oz. He doesn't right. have a brain. Uh, right? He's the one who doesn't have a brain. 
right? And the tin yeah. man eats a heart? Okay. All right. I was confused for a sec between those. Uh, the whole with the costume design, we're like, we, we've got to make this not look like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really exciting, man. And uh, I, I hope the Kickstarter goes well, and I, I can't wait to uh, see it. I hope production goes well as well. Uh you know, I'm sure there's always you never know when you get into production, uh, but that's exciting. I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to to watching that whenever uh, we have the opportunity, whenever it's completed. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, but you are here to do a draft. Uh, but before we get into that, we always like to ease into our episodes and just talk about what we've been watching, reading, listening to, or otherwise enjoying. Uh, outside the horror genre or within, it's up to you. And we always start with our guests. So, Evan, what have you been enjoying lately? Yeah, so mostly because of this movie, since it involves some folk magic. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, movies we have in the pipeline with some other people we work with that that are a little bit magical-based. I've kind of just been deep-diving on that, which is a part of why I was hoping to come on here for a cult horror um so i've been watching oh a bunch of stuff for that i've been listening to some old coast to coast tapes with art bell to kind of try to (laughs) try to get some offhand weird uh weird information going and you always run the rabbit hole of you're like is this sad or are they doing it to entertain us i don't know a lot of that sort of thing um a while back, before Last Voyage of the Demeter, we had a big uh, Dracula movie marathon, so watched nice. a bunch of those. That that yeah. was a good time. That's great. Yeah, otherwise, just whatever weird, colorful images I can put on my TV while I'm doing pre-production. Okay. Uh, that I don't have to pay too much attention to. Uh, mm. Fantastic Planet has been on a couple times, that French animated movie. Yep. Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, just a lot of stuff like that. Very cool. Uh, Nick, how about you? Anything you've been enjoying lately? Um, yeah, not not much outside of the podcast, so I can't speak as always. Mm. But um, sure, sure. one thing I will mention, which is non horror related, which I think is just worthy of a mention because I think it's underappreciated. And um, well, you know, you just mentioned COVID. I think it was really swallowed up at the beginning of the COVID epidemic. Is um, a show on netflix it was a bbc netflix co-production called uh, giri haji um and it's uh definitely one of the best things i've ever seen on television and i had seen it with my dad um back in like the very first days of the pandemic when everyone was like scared and there was nothing to do no one was working we were just kind of sitting and watching that show we binged that and i've been wanting to rewatch it ever since and i uh convinced my wife to watch it a couple weeks ago and it holds up so well um i mean if anything i think i liked it better the second time it's just a beautiful piece of art it's like not for everyone it's um it's like part crime thriller uh part like you know yakuza tale takes place in london and tokyo there's like some really artistic flair um there's animated sequences there's tons of different aspect ratios um flashbacks and flash forwards and it's just it's all over the place and it's stylistically it's just incredible to to kind of behold because somehow it all works it feels cohesive and yeah it's like i can't recommend that show more um i'm already looking forward to watching it a third time wow sounds awesome can you say this name one more time yeah it's called giri haji 
Kiri Haji. Okay. Which I think translates to duty shame. Okay. Um, so it's, it's Giri slash Haji um, available on Netflix. And yeah, like I said, I think it was, it was, uh, I think it got lost in the pandemic and then Tiger King came out on Netflix and, or whatever. And like, yeah, so it was, so unfortunately there's not going to be a second season. Um, but as a standalone piece, it's, it's perfect. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger or anything. You'll be, you'll be satisfied. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, awesome. Um, for me, outside of the, the, the podcast, uh, um, I, I <laughs> more for a joke. I rewatched Draft Day, uh, which is the Kevin Costner, Cleveland Browns, <laughs> the Day of the Draft film, which is it's the most ridiculous film in the world. Um, <laughs> maybe that's I guess that's hyperbolic, but I mean it's just it's so ludicrous from a perspective of what would actually happen uh, during a draft. Um, but um, I, I still. There's this place where I still enjoy it, <laughs> despite its ridiculousness. And um, this is the first year I'm doing fantasy football for like eight to ten years. Um, I haven't done it in ages. And so I put it on while we were doing our fantasy draft uh, Monday night. Uh, and so <laughs> it was more just for uh, the laughs of it. And then I was like live posting on the, um, the league chat and everything, the ridiculous, uh, aspects of the movie. Um, so it was, it was, uh, fun and stupid. Uh, but I, I do enjoy the film. And then other than that, uh, it's been, I guess other comedies, um, but TV based ones. Um, the second season of Minx, uh, Sarah and I have been watching that. And then um, we also watched that new season of Party Down that's also on Stars, uh, which was pretty enjoyable. Nice, short and sweet. It's like six episodes. So uh, there's not like a, um, you know, a big commitment with that one. Uh, and um, How To with John Wilson is uh, doing its third season. I think it's final one. And uh, that show is just great and this season is just as fantastic as other seasons have been and every time an episode just builds and heightens and builds when you think like it can't get any crazier he somehow finds himself in a situation that's even more ridiculous than what he was just in uh and it is uh really such like a joy that show uh so if anyone has not seen how to with john wilson i i highly recommend watching it uh it's it's amazing um so yeah that that's uh that's it for me uh nothing else nothing else too crazy that's a poor way to transition into our next segment so <laughs> i do apologize <laughs> um all right so that's what we've been watching and uh enjoying lately but uh now it's time to get into the draft but uh you know before we start it we're gonna check in with our guest evan and sort of discuss uh, why occult horror and sort of what the parameters are for that. So uh, why did you want to draft this topic, Evan? And uh, how are you kind of approaching it in terms of what you define as occult horror? Yeah, occult horror has kind of been something that for various reasons I've been having to do a deep dive on anyway. Um, So this just kind of helped as a nice excuse to do even more of a deep dive. Mm. Uh, The definition that I kind of went with was pretty broad. Um, It's just kind of unambiguous magic was kind of where 
where I left off with that. So that can include like witches, uh, rituals, demon based. Um, folk horror can kind of tangentially be related. Um, however, things where it's a little more ambiguous, it doesn't quite uh, fit, which is unfortunate with like Midsummer and Wicker Man, which are both great. Uh, don't fit though. Don't fit. Gotcha. Okay. So basically, in the world of the film, magic is known to exist, at least to some characters. Maybe some are skeptics, but, you know, it unambiguously exists in the world. Yeah. Okay. That's That should be simple enough. But you know what? We're going to get into this draft, and Evan, you're going to be the commissioner. So if Nick or I try to get out of bounds, try to sneak one by you, you can rule with your iron fist and say, not so fast. The commissioner vetoes that pick because that doesn't fit the criteria. <laughs> um, and speaking of the draft, we rolled our four-sided die before we began recording. Uh, the order of the draft will go myself, uh, then our guest Evan, and then Nick uh, coming in third. But we all know that because it's a snake-style draft, that just means Nick gets to have the first pick of the second round. Gentlemen, are we ready to begin the draft? We are Heck ready. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Nick, I feel like I have a big position of power because I have a feeling I know what you're going to want in the first round. Uh, and do I... We'll see. <laughs> do I, we'll do see. I mess with you and try to steal it from you? I actually am very... Uh, boy, I actually feel a lot of... Um, on my shoulders here with the first pick because I feel like there's a lot of really great horror movies in which magic or the occult exist and you know I know that I'm going to take one and then I'm going to feel like I'm going to miss out on a bunch because it's not going to get to me for a while uh, but with that being said with the first pick of the first round I am going to take perhaps one of the most classic occult films I'm going to take the exorcist with the number one pick i i assume you know i think you mentioned demons i believe so i believe that 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 fully counts no issues commissioner yeah i'll allow it um i <laughs> i i think it's it's definitely made non-ambiguous at several points too yeah <laughs> I figured, but, you know, it's always good to check with the commissioner just to make sure that, you know, everything's above board and, uh, like, I'm not trying to get one by you or anything. Fair, um, fair. <laughs> I think this is also fitting, obviously, with the recent passing of William Friedkin. Uh, you know, what better way? And and I, uh, I, I believe it's just celebrated its 50th anniversary this year as well, wow. right? Because this came out in 73. <clears throat> Am I remembering correctly? Oh, God. It's going to be embarrassing if I get that wrong. Uh, Exorcist, the yes, yes. Okay, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I will edit that to seem like less of a long gap of time before I was able to definitively confirm. It's one of those classics that I just like. Oh yeah, that's a seventy-three. Just like Jaws, it's like seventy-five, and you know whatever. So, but then as soon as I say it, I have this immediate moment of like, oh, am I completely wrong? Uh, and I feel the need to fact check. So yes, fiftieth anniversary. William Friedkin directed just a stone cold classic of the genre. I mean, one of the scariest movies ever made, not just for the seventies, but just ever uh, creepy as hell, horrific, brutal. Uh, I mean, fantastic performances all the way through. Um, what more is there to say about the exorcist? I mean, just 
a, an absolute top-notch horror film and my pick in the first round um gentlemen either one of you want to say anything go ahead jump right in what do you got to say about the exorcist i guess i just gotta ask the uh consensus of the room on that new one coming out oh you beat me to it that was the question i was gonna ask (laughs) yeah right like (laughs) i'm looking forward to it i'll be honest i saw the trailer come up and then i turned it off i didn't want to like i didn't want to like spoil anything for it or, or anything and I don't have too many opportunities to go out to the like theater, so I'm hoping I can catch it in the movie theater. Uh, but I am looking forward to it. I, I'm I think it'll be a, from the little I saw. It looks like it could be uh, good, so I'm I'm hoping it is. <laughs> How are you two feel about it? I'll give it some cautious optimism. Uh, David mm. Gordon Green has uh, been both great and not as great with the the new halloween series he did but Mm -hmm. the the highs were so high i think he's got it in him yeah that's a good point what about you nick um i've avoided the trailer um so i i can't speak to any solid like i i haven't yeah i know nothing about it beyond who uh is involved in making it and it's also been so long since i've seen any of the other ones that um I hesitate to even, you know, venture a guess. I hope it's good. Like any movie that's coming out, I hope it's good. Right. All right. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and, and a film itself that has a number of other sequels too. Although I honestly, I don't think I've seen any of the Exorcist sequels. I hear three is fantastic, but I actually don't think I've seen it. So it was like the Psycho sequels. I hadn't seen any of the Psycho sequels for the longest time until I eventually just like got a set with all four of the films together and then started like going through and, and watching them. So I feel like I need to do that with the Exorcist sequels. Yeah, I should too. It's I've heard so long. Yeah, I've heard two is really bad, but three is yeah. really good. And there's like I know there's like a notoriously scary like shot slash scene in Exorcist three. Um, oh, so, in the yeah in the hospital. The hospital. Hall, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I've I've like. Anytime people, bet, I try to avoid levels of seeing that online when people talk about it. So I have like a vague sense of what it is, but I don't, I don't want to ruin it for when I eventually watch the film. So, yeah, I, anyway. I'm very bad at getting the sequels in for anything too. So I, I definitely yeah. get that. Yeah, well, it's just it's especially when the first one is just such and such a classic. You know, like the first Psycho, it's like nothing can beat it, even though Psycho 2 is actually really, really awesome, you know? But it, I, it took me forever to watch it just because you're just like, you know, it's never going to be as good as the original, right? And uh, it's how I felt about these Exorcist sequels as well. So I just got to bite the bullet and eventually watch them. So, But anyway, that's my first round pick. Uh, Evan, with your first pick of the draft, you are now on the board, sir. Yeah, so here's a chance. Um, I think I'm borderline here with this pick. So if y'all also feel like you'd like to veto, totally understandable. Uh, but my first pick is the 1922 movie Haxon. Oh, if, yeah. If that's uh, familiar to you both. Mm-hmm. You just took one off my list. So, yeah, oh, it's nice. allowed. I was going <laughs> to. Um, I thought you were going to veto it for me. So this is oh, well, well, I perfect. Think. <laughs> Yeah, because the the whole of the beginning, it, it's kind of framed like a documentary, um, but the reenactment portions just go so hard uh, as far as, like, magic being real, and then there's kind of tacked on at the end, 
Like, oh, but you know, we know now with modern science, psychiatry says magic's probably not real. Anyway, the end. And you're like, okay, but everything good about this movie, magic was real for sure. So I I feel like it still works. Um, It's been one I've been throwing on, um, as I was mentioning, just to have great, crazy visuals on. Uh, There's crazy effects everywhere between the stop motion, the reverse motion, the costumes. I'm like, man, if I could get anything half as good as this movie from 1922, like I'd be set. Uh, But it's it's just great. Like I I did a paper on it in college uh, for a a documentary class and the professor was kind of like, I only barely agree with you, so I'll let you have it. But I was like, hey, the, the guy called it a documentary. It came out technically after what you're calling the first documentary that same year yeah did he did he refer to the first one as is it nanuka the north is that the one he yeah the first yeah yeah which in and of itself had a lot of made-up stuff in it right. as well like you know it's yeah those early documentaries i mean arguably you could say many modern documentaries have lots of falsehoods well yeah uh, that's in them and, and and not full truths and things of that nature it's all about crafting a story right but anyway i evan thank you so much for offering us the opportunity to veto we can't do that though you have complete control of this draft you are the only one who can say no to choices okay you could pick a slasher that has no supernatural or magic to it and there's nothing nick or i can do that's that's the only one that i felt was borderline but i'm like you know what he doesn't seem to believe it when he says magic isn't real so why should i there you go yeah, if you can find that reasoning in the film, you're golden. Um, well, that's a great pick. Uh, Haxon, I love that we're uh, we're going real old school uh, right off the bat, which is fantastic. And uh, I love it. It's been ages since I've seen that film. But I remember it being, like, pretty brutal. Like, it's I mean, obviously very it's, brutal. Yeah. For, it's I mean, obviously, it's pre-code. You know, it's like 11 years before the code would be – well, really heavily enforced, I should say. But anyway, yeah, like – like uh, I, f- I remember like limbs or something, right? Like something like that. Am there I are limbs. They, they like – you know, they kill babies. There's cannibals oh, who yeah. are essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> – And that's yeah. all on screen, which is insane to me. Yeah, yes, I know the yeah. the director himself played Satan in the movie yeah. and just oh. like has to have this chain of actresses just come and kiss him on the ass cuz yep. that's how magic works. And you know, <laughs> I'm sure there was no problems with that at all. But uh, you know, besides that, great great movie. Uh Nick, it it was on your list too. What are what are some things you loved about it? It was and I was I was like fully prepared to make a case for it. Um given that I, yeah the the end is so clearly like well now with like modern psychiatry and stuff we could see what maybe these witches were actually suffering from and blah 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 um so on the other hand though i just the idea of magic is so central to the entire film i mean that's what the film is i you, it's like the movie is so unambiguously magic based anyway like it's hard to to sit and that's like the definitive i think like I hadn't seen it before, um, and it had always been on my list, um, and I knew it um, as Haxon Witchcraft Through the Ages, which I'm glad I waited until this week to see because that apparently is the title that came with the recut that was made in 1968, which is apparently butchered, shorter, remixed, recut, has a narration by William S. Burroughs, um, recolored i think it's all black and white instead of like red tinted and blue tinted so i've heard it's it's pretty butchered so um 
had I actually seen this movie before this podcast, I probably would have accidentally seen the bad version. So, um, in any event, really glad I finally had an opportunity to watch it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, everything you said about it is just, I was shocked that, and I know it was controversial at the time. And, uh, um, there were definitely places that, um, wouldn't play it or required cuts, including to the scene where they kiss him on the butt over and over and over again. That was, and like of all the scenes in that movie now in a contemporary setting, it's like, that's the tamest, most hilarious scene compared to them cooking babies. There's like nudity in it, which I was shocked by. I mean, like, but it just also just on a technical level is incredible given when it was made. I was found myself really, really surprised. Um, And it's been, just hugely influential and I'm, one of my arguments for including it was going to be the fact that um the uh daniel myrick and i can't think of his name um but the blair witch project directors the original blair witch project named their production company Haxon. oh yeah uh, i spaced so, on that too yeah uh, which i yeah i'm pretty sure is a direct uh tribute to this movie so yeah uh, amazing pick i'm actually relieved that you picked it um because i didn't have to argue for it and we still got to talk about it so it's great sure Excellent. Well, that's great. And, uh, well, Nick, uh, you just spoke a bunch on Haxon, but now, sir, you're on the board. You're on the, I keep saying on the board. It's actually, you're on the clock with the third pick of the first round. So, Nick. Why can't I be on both? You can, Um, you know what? You can, once you make a pick, you actually will be on the board and on the clock. You're right. Oh, that's true. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, well. This is great because I was originally going to just preface my entire draft by saying, A, I have a few choices that I think might be fringe and might require some argument. Um, now I have one fewer, but there might still be some. Mm-hmm. I also want to preface this by saying, like, I was genuinely surprised and in a great way how awesome this subcategory was. So first of all, thank you for picking it. Um I got to revisit a bunch of movies I hadn't seen in a long, long time. I got to see a bunch of new ones that had been sort of just on my back in my back catalog for for years, um, and and there was so much to choose from that ultimately I decided when I was going to make my list. I don't even think that I'm going to go for like my five favorites, but um, I'm trying to make like the most well-rounded. Just like there's so many different like even within this subgenre, like different ways of approaching this subject matter. Um, obviously subgenre has been around since like 1922, if not earlier. So there's like tons of different things from like a technical aspect. And as far as the history of filmmaking goes. So I think I've come up with a pretty decent list. I'm worried that some of them might get taken. My first choice was not going to be the one that I'm about to talk about, but since you picked Haxon, <laughs> I think it segues nicely into this pick um, because the very first images in this movie that I'm about to pick are from Hexen. Um, and the movie is called Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. Um, it's an independent Canadian production from 2018. Um, and uh, you know what? In a, in a lot of ways, this just flows perfectly after Hexen. It's a mockumentary. Um, but also it's a narrative film. It's all rolled up in one. Um, basically it opens with like a 10 minute documentary, um, about a film called Antrim that was made in the seventies that, um, was screened one time, uh, in Berlin and the theater caught on fire and everyone inside died. 
And so people started thinking it was a cursed film. Uh, it was submitted to a bunch of film festivals in the U.S. Everyone who watched those, it was rejected from all of them, but everyone who watched the film either died or almost died within the following few weeks or whatever, having watched it. Um, so it has this like notoriety. So they have a bunch of fake film historians talking about it. They have people who are like, you know, um, well-versed in, in magic and the occult uh, talking about it from their perspective. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short is at the end of the documentary, you find out, oh, uh, in 2018, this movie Antrim, uh, they found a print of it in an estate sale in Connecticut. And so for the first time since, you know, whenever, here it is presented in its entirety. Um, and uh, so it's kind of like a metatextual thing because it's it's talking about an occult movie. The movie is about the occult. And what you learn right before you watch the, the actual feature, Antrim, is that when they discover the print of the film, there's um, there's all sorts of things that they've noticed in the print like there's subliminal like scratches um there's like pieces of a snuff film that have been intercut frame by frame at certain points the soundtrack has been manipulated in certain ways um but it's unclear because it's just been lost for so long whether the original filmmakers put that stuff in there or in the subsequent years since it was lost someone who owned the print had fooled around with it you don't know, but then you know you're about to watch it and see all of those things, which is super cool. Um, and then they, they play the movie, and it's like, you know, it was made in 2018, but it looks, the atmosphere is totally 1970s. The atmosphere, it's dripping in atmosphere, and it's really well done. Um, you know, I'm, I don't think they shot on film, but it looks legit. What they did with colors, um, the film grain and stuff looks real and not cheesy. Um and uh, the art direction, costumes. Anyway, uh, it's really solid, even as a standalone. And in fact, Brokaw fan, apparently, and, and Witter, oh, yeah. they released yep. the VHS of the movie, and then they recut it, and they took out the documentary parts, and they just presented the Antrim part um, oh. on VHS as well. So um, Interesting. as a standalone, even without the documentary, it's pretty cool. Um, and the movie itself is just, it's about the occult. It's about... Um, uh, family who have to euthanize their dog and the little boy in the family asks his mom if the dog went to heaven and the mom said no no the dog was a bad dog so he's not there and the boy is so distraught over it that the sister decides she's going to take him into the forest to perform a ritual to save the dog from hell and the ritual involves digging a hole to hell and that's all i'll say about the movie but um again this movie's not for everyone very slow slow burn I know a lot of people really hated it. They were turned off by the mockumentary part. I think it's really well done. Um, and, like, I'm a fan of 70s movies. So, like, if you like movies of that era, it's kind of just fun to, to see. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'm sorry. That was a long-winded thing. But I don't know if a lot of people know about this movie. And I really, really, really like it. That one was an alternate for me. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Oh, uh, oh okay. I didn't Great. get a chance to rewatch it before this. Or maybe it would have made my list but yeah i'm glad it was talked about at least for sure oh awesome that's good to hear yeah that's great i actually had i had maybe never heard of this movie before so that's really cool that's interesting i like that whole setup and everything it's it sounds fun it's definitely definitely fun yeah nice excellent well nick that's your first so yes and it wasn't going to be so now i have to think about this for a moment sure do i go 
mean, the fact that it was on your list, Evan, and that Haxon was chosen already makes me very, very concerned about what is going to be taken if I don't pick it now. But um, I tried for a variety in mine, like you were saying, too, just kind of both in style of movie and also like style of magic, too. So there there should hopefully be a lot for, for all of us here. Okay, cool. All right. I'm going to... There's like two that I think might get picked. I'm going to pick one of those first, just in case. Um, I'm going to pick The Autopsy of Jane Doe. God damn it. Uh, sorry, I... <laughs> no, no, it's a, such a good one, but it was one I was hoping I'd get later, but it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I don't... I've, I, I, You should talk about it more than me. I don't know that much about the, the making of the movie. It's just a movie I've seen a couple times, and both times I was just struck by... Um, you know, just what a clever premise it is, because it's a single location. It's not even just a single location. It's like a single room, almost in real time, where they're performing an autopsy on this person, and you are in the character's point of view, and that you're in the dark as much as they are, in terms of, like, who this person is, how they got there, and the mysteries behind them. And it, it unravels in real time, and you find out as they do, and it is a creepy movie. Um, Brantley, yeah. you should talk about it more. Well, I mean, like, I, 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 I don't know much in terms of the making of it. I just know that I really enjoy the movie, and I agree completely. Like, it really is a very interesting setup where, like you said, it's essentially real-time, one location, but it's also a mystery. You're trying to get to the bottom of it just like the two, the father and the son who are performing the autopsy are doing. And it's a, it's a, it's a witchcraft movie, but it's also a dead witch. And so it's like, how are these things, you know, how, how did, how does any of this stuff happen? Like, cause they're throughout the whole thing of like, this is impossible. What is going on? Um, but also it's like, how does this witchcraft still happening when the witch is quote unquote dead basically, which is uh, interesting as well. Um, and it's creepy and it's scary and it is like just fantastic. And this was like, speaking of a variety, this is what I would hope I would get for my, uh, like witchcraft kind of magic uh but i guess yeah. that's not going to happen anymore Sorry. so <laughs> oh that's all right uh evan have you seen autopsy of jane doe no it's been on my list uh, and you guys definitely helped moved it up my list this sounds okay. a lot more interesting than i even knew yeah i hope i didn't give too yeah. much away there i kind of feel like maybe i did but yeah it's 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 really it's a both very fun but also just creepy and scary and it's great performances too it's brian oh, yeah. cox and brian cox um, uh emil hirsch is that his name yeah who apparently has some controversies behind him i think i don't know if he was uh, maybe it was like bar fights but i feel like it was like maybe domestic abuse which kind of takes away from whatever it was um oh, either way okay. he's great his performance is great so as a standalone if you treated in a vacuum he and brian cox are both amazing in it yeah yeah absolutely yeah and i mean i think you need to get like strong performances in that film because it just it relies so heavily on just the two of them and dialogue so you know i mean obviously it's a horror movie they do a lot of other fantastic like production stuff to make it you know great and, and creepy but like the story wise you know you need two strong performers to carry that so much so yeah i I'd recommend it a lot. It's really great if you haven't checked it out yet. Nice. All right. Well, Nick, that's your second round pick, but we're swinging back to Evan here, the commissioner. You are now on the clock with your second round pick, sir. 
Yeah, so I know I said uh, variety, but this one is uh, technically also about witches. Okay. I'm going with uh, 2018's Suspiria. Oh, okay. Um, a nice thing is that while I think most of my picks and even my alternates kind of deal with pre-made kind of lore, Suspiria deals with pretty original lore, even though it's original to the 70s Suspiria and then the other two movies in his little magic trilogy that Argento did. Mm-hmm. Um but like all the same, like the way that it treats ritual and all the craziness that goes on at the end, it felt like something that I had to snatch up. Nice. Great pick. Nick, have you seen awesome. the 2018 version? You want to hear something like blasphemous? I haven't seen either. You haven't seen the oh. original? Either? I really, I have wow. not seen the original. It's one of the Argentos that I have. Uh, no, it's a crime that I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. No, no, that's just surprise. Just knowing how big of a horror fan you are especially like foreign horror it's just a surprise you haven't seen um the original suspiria i mean i know we've we've sort of talked that like giallos are so, it's such a large subcategory that both you and i feel like we don't know enough or haven't seen enough of the films yeah but i just thought the original suspiria you would have you would have seen and <laughs> no and i don't know what's keeping me from it um you know it's like that and deep red are the first two movies i think of every time i think of giallo and one of them i haven't yeah. seen so it's not yet yeah, it's true. Although I think also some might argue that uh, anyway, whatever. No, it's that's a <laughs> dumb tangent. Um. Anyway, well, okay. So that's a surprise pick. I feel like because uh, Evan, tell us why you wanted to go with the remake of Suspiria rather than the original in this case. Well, what's interesting is I definitely like the original better as a movie. Um, interesting. Yeah. It, it's visuals like all those giallo movies are just beautiful uh i recently got the 4k and holy cow it's like watching it again for the first time Mm -hmm. um but the remake just kind of deals with uh the magic a little more um which made it feel a little more appropriate um i know he expands in inferno and then i'm gonna have to look at the title of the third one uh mother of tears as far as like yeah. his three mothers trilogy deal where he kind of lays out his whole uh occult world um it, but you kind of get the broad strokes of that just in this remake of Suspiria on its own is what mm. i would say um that's as someone that's only seen part of Inferno and none of the third one gotcha. um <laughs> but but you know uh, the original it's more vibey Whereas this, I'm like, okay, uh, I definitely get what's going on. Magic's real for sure. Um, oh, and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, I have seen the 2018 Suspiria. I saw it um, relatively recently, probably in the last six months to a year, something like that. Um, I enjoyed it, but I'm definitely an original fan of the original a bit more. I feel like the the 2018 it, it felt a little bloated to me. It felt like it was like 30 to 40 minutes longer than it needed to be. Like it it really could have been tightened, but you know, it is very much like a mood film as well. You know, it's it's you know, much like the first one is even more so, but the the second one is still like kind of doing that same uh thing where you're just kind of 
the tones and the vibes of uh, of this kind of brutal dance school um you know you're uh you're kind of in it with them there in this new one uh and and i agree there's definitely a lot more definitive magic witchcraft going on in in the uh, sequel not in the remake than in the original for sure yeah i was pretty skeptical uh and it took me a couple years to even get around to watching the remake and i'm like you know what it's good on its own it's it's hard to make Mm -hmm. one of the classics of horror again and have people come to it fairly so i i tried (laughs) yeah yeah no absolutely and yeah i tried coming in obviously with an open mind too i you know it's the only way to approach films nowadays i just i'm not like i can't be so like precious about things like some fans are and i just you know all art is art and has value you know and we just need to approach each piece of art as its own thing even if it's a remake i do really like tilda swinton in it in all the roles that she plays right she was really great <laughs> uh, she's always so good <laughs> she is yeah and i actually really like dakota johnson in it you know she's an actress i'm not the biggest fan of and i think um can sometimes be you know a little bland but i i think she did a really great job in the in the remake as well uh okay so nick and evan have both gone in the second round but that means i'm on the clock here with the final pick of the second round i'm honestly a little surprised that this one i'm about to pick has not been chosen yet uh this is also a bit of a more modern film i am gonna take hereditary by ari aster um what a what a brutal movie this is it's one of those ones where like the first after i watched it the first time i was just had to like sit and quiet for a while and just like take in no other you know uh what's the word i'm looking for here any other like um Ah, gosh, I want to say input, but I know I'm thinking of a different word instead. You know, it was just like such a tough movie to watch, but just unbelievable, like an unbelievable film, but which is amazing performances, especially Tony Collette. Oh my gosh, does she knock it out of the park in this movie? And it is not an easy role. It is a tough role. Um, but the son role is like super tough too. And I think that kid nails it. I apologize. I'm blanking on his name. Um, you know, really like the, the whole film is just fantastic and creepy and scary and brutal with some of the stuff that happens in it. And it is, uh, it is great. It was just like, what a debut for Ari Aster. Cause he just comes out with a haymaker with his first film. Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely amazing but tough movie <laughs> i have not revisited it it's been a while since i've seen it so I, i'm like i want to be more specific but it's just been years now and i just i'm like it's not one i want to go back and revisit anytime soon um so i'm gonna now cede the floor to either nick or Evan if they want to add anything else about hereditary i will say you definitely uh, scooped one of mine with that one it's it's such a good movie uh, it was one when I got home, just the lights were on as I fell asleep because, mm. dang, that ending gets yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Very scary. And, uh, yeah, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised I'm scooping just because I was surprised it was still here at the end of the second. I thought this was going to be one, 
you know, very quickly off the board. I mean, I'm happy I'm able to grab it, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm surprised it's lasted this long. Nick, what about you, sir? Yeah, I mean, I have it written down on my list, but I didn't actually, it's not, I mean, I never had a plan even before we started, like, planning for this episode to draft it because I thought it was going to be picked in the first round. So um, mm. I'm also surprised that it took this long. I mean, it's a great, I it's, yeah, I have the same experience with you, which is funny because I've only seen it once um, and it, it just had such an impact. Like, I, ha- it's sitting, the 4K is sitting on my shelf still in its shrink wrap because I'm like hesitant to watch it again um because it's it's just so heavy and like i don't know more that's the only word i can use to describe it i mean it's brilliant i think it's a masterpiece it's one of my favorite horror movies of the last decade um Mm -hmm. terrifying it's one of the scariest movies i've seen in a long time um but one of the things that has kept me from rewatching it is that um the first time i watched it the first thing i did was immediately go online and start reading um just theories on on you know i mean like again there's a plot that can be taken at face value but there's also like some of my favorite movies like the shining there's just there are things hidden in plain sight in that movie that you know not like not in the way that oh this is a metaphor for something completely different like i think magic is very much surface level in this movie but there are um little bits of foreshadowing and stuff that are just tucked away in the frame far in the corner there's little pieces of dialogue and things that um there's just so much depth to it that i almost feel like i need to read a thesis paper on it before i revisit it um or just watch it twice in a row like you have to watch it once to take it in and then you go back and watch it again so it's like an investment but it's it's that kind of movie for me um and those movies are really few and far between it's very deeply affecting yeah yeah absolutely definitely yeah, something too. Uh, not that magic's real. Uh, feel like I'm gonna have to say that a lot over this recording. Um, but like, guy definitely did his research. Like, you look up things later. You're like, yeah, you you got it. I guess. Uh, interesting. Is this movie evil now? I don't know. But you know, people believe what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's maybe that's what's yeah that's part of what gets under your skin. Like. I didn't know anything about, but then you go and you research it online as soon as you're done and you're like, oh, okay, so this is about a quote-unquote real thing and there are lots of details in here that are quote-unquote real Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, that in itself is really frightening. (laughs) Uh, Great pick. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, that concludes the second round. But now I'm back up on the board in the third round here, and I actually am just going to review what is here on my list. Sorry, I didn't have these in like a definitive order. I just had a big list of, of movies um, to go through, so I apologize. Uh, you know, um, not to take another... A24 horror movie right off the bat but since the one I wanted to take about witchcraft was uh was snuck away from me by uh by Nick I'm gonna take uh Robert Eggers New Hampshire's own Robert Eggers and The Witch uh from I believe 2015 uh as my next pick here 
trying to get a little bit of a variety in mine as well. I've got a demon. I've got witchcraft. I've got... Uh, I'm blanking a little bit. Of, is, is it witchcraft as well in Hereditary? What exactly is that? Is it... Weird demon He's stuff, a, I guess. It is weird demon <laughs> stuff again? Okay, all right. So, yeah, I got. I guess I got to move away from the demon stuff to uh, witchcraft in, in The Witch. So, <laughs> there you go. Although, I guess Black Phillip is sort of supposed to be the devil, too. So, maybe I'm kind of really boxing myself into a corner here uh, <laughs> with all of this. Uh, anyway... But uh, what a fantastic movie. Uh, truly great. I mean, I love a New England-based horror. I love, uh, you know, anything tying into the, the witchcraft witchcraft history of uh, Massachusetts and everything. Um, I love a New Hampshire filmmaker doing well. So, so kudos sweet. to Robert Eggers. Uh, and, you know, Nick, our friends at uh, Five Day Rentals, they just covered this very recently as a five-star banger on their uh, podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, I mean, early Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, this is like uh, she, she kind of breaks out in horror and this and split and then goes on to do, like, fantastic work. Uh, you know, uh, uh, incredibly well-written, creepy, scary uh, fantastic performances all the way around. Um, yeah, that's my third round pick, The Witch. I need to give that one a rewatch with the subtitles on. Um, yeah, because yeah. that that was my one problem when I watched it the first time. I'm like, I I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that old English that they're speaking uh, can be a little tough to understand for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's so immersive Nick, you- though. Um, yeah 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 i mean it puts you there you feel like you're there and and i mean i should say robert eggers he's a very particular person about his screenplays but his dad is like a professor of like shakespeare or classics or literature or something at unh so like it's like kind of in his blood to be like like this like the historical accuracy and like the exact like phrasing and stuff like that in the dialogue that kind of thing uh sorry nick i know that's you i didn't know that that's amazing it must have taken like yeah. forever to to write that then i just i yeah i saw it i haven't seen it since it was in theaters and i think that was kind of one of my takeaways was that there's i can't pause and rewind and turn on closed captioning and make sure i heard everything right so there was yeah. that um but actually what i was um i was gonna say when i was watching Haxon um in prep for this uh it made me think more than any other movie of the witch. And I think part of it is they talk so much about this ritual, like the, the witch's Sabbath where mm. the witches basically just like float up into the sky and, and, and dance with one another. And it for without giving anything away, made me think of one particular part in the witch, like just very, very clearly. Um, and it yes. made me want to revisit it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Really also like a beautiful movie as I recall. Oh, and there's oh, one, no. I have to see it again. I remember seeing it in theaters. There's one scene that like shot for shot was in my opinion a very overt homage to the Room 237 scene in The Shining. Um oh, okay. Diff- obviously it doesn't take place in a hotel bathroom, but um just the way yeah. that it's constructed uh was as I recall. Uh, so obviously I loved it for that. Gotcha. Gotcha think if i'm remembering correctly i know what scene you're talking about but i guess i'll have to rewatch it sometime soon to me too to double check <laughs> all right well that's my third round pick but it's enough of my yammering on to our guest the commissioner evan 
It is your third round pick now. Yeah, so this one uh, I had not seen before, um, and I was Googling around just to do some more research for for this episode, Um, and I came across a Shudder original uh, Dark Song. Oh, man. Mm, I was certain I'd have that next round. (laughs) That that's one that I was like, man, like if someone else knows it, they're going to scoop it. But I it was a new one to me. Um, But yeah, it's just uh, about this woman who recruits kind of this Welsh occultist to help her perform a month long ritual to allow her to talk to her dead son. Um, Not to have to preface again with uh, magic's not real. Um, but this movie knows what it's talking about. Like looking around there, I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, all the symbols that I've been having to Google to write down in little things. Um, he's referencing magic books that I'm like, these are definitely real books that people say have magic in them. Um, and for that alone, like kudos to them for doing the research. And then it's a great movie on top of that. Some wild visuals, especially at the end, uh, Nick probably knows exactly the visual that I'm talking about. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> yeah, just just overall super fun. Uh, came out of nowhere for me. I don't know if it had buzz when it first came out, but uh, took me doing some digging to find it. Yeah, I nice. I again, uh, amazing choice. You snatched it right up from. It was another one I was certain I'd have. Um, yeah, this movie took me by surprise. It really swept me off my feet because, like, it was another one where it was like, found it, knew nothing about it, went in completely blind, and then coming out of it, I was like, holy shit, that was really good. Found out it was released in like 2016, and I was like, where has it been for the last seven years? How did I not know about this? Um, and from yeah, everything by all accounts, everything I've read about it, um, it's probably like the most realistic depiction of, of you know quote-unquote real magic that i think has been put to film that's what a lot of people seem to say from my research about the book in particular the one book that they i don't forget if they overtly mention it um in in the film but the book that he's referencing throughout the movie uh that this is a very very like realistic depiction of what a magic ritual would be like um and i gotta say I really, really like the movie Bug, William Friedkin's Bug. Um, and this movie, for me, had a lot of parallels just in that it's so theatrical in its setup. Like, it's just so, it's just two people in the house for a long period of time, you know, like quietly going insane together, basically. And uh, it's very difficult to watch. And it's also, for this category, I think it's the perfect movie to talk about because. It is very specifically and, again, overtly about magic. I mean, she hires a guy who is well-versed in magic so that he can perform a magic ritual so that she can speak to her dead son magically. Um, Like, magic, magic, magic. But um, what's interesting about it is, and again, I don't know enough about how magic actually works, but if this is a realistic depiction, the thing that you can't help but feel the whole time is that these people like yeah of course they're going to have visions like this magic ritual is designed to break you to drive you insane by being isolated by not eating by not you know bathing by not doing whatever i forget all the details but like it's clearly designed to give you a mental breakdown so it's like well yeah if that's what the magic textbooks say i can totally understand why everyone is seeing all sorts of shit um and uh and so that's 
a cool element of this movie because it's like, yeah, when you start seeing some of that interesting stuff at the end, you know, like, yo, they performed a magic ritual, so I think I can take this on face value. But in the back of your head, you're also like, I'm not really sure if what I'm seeing is supposed to be real or if the characters are seeing stuff because they're in this situation. And it's a cool takeaway for me. Um, Really well handled. Nice. I I haven't seen this movie, so this sounds really interesting. I'm going to have to add this to the list now to, uh, to watch. Yeah, Shudder was a great resource just for finding all kinds of weird stuff I had never even heard of before. It's it's crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, great pick. Uh, we are now over halfway through the draft, and Nick, you are now on the clock with your third round selection. Okay, let me shuffle some things around now. Um, okay. Real quick, okay. This is round three. Yes, round three. And you're going to get the back-to-back with the first pick of the fourth round, too. Oh, shit. My list is running dry here. Like, for real. I'm really? A little concerned. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it is. Um, okay, I think I have enough, though. So, for this one, uh, Commissioner, you full reign to veto this. I'm Everything I looked at online and uh, in my research basically said, this is an occult movie. And I think it pretty clearly is, but it's just it. It's barely, I think, an element of the plot. Don't look now. Is going to be my next choice. Okay, that's one that I know of. Have heard talk about. I have not watched it, so I don't think I have room to weigh in. Oh, okay. Yes, great. <laughs> well, I can't even think of what this movie is. What is this movie? Don't look now is 1973. It's a Nicholas Roeg oh. movie with Donald okay. Sutherland and Julie Christie. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay. If you haven't right, seen it, because I never about. had, but it's like the very famous visual of the girl in the red raincoat. Um, and uh, so I, I, this is a movie that kind of like I. I finally had a reason to see but it was one of those movies that i've been reading about and hearing about and it kind of has like its reputation precedes it um okay and uh yeah i really really liked it i mean i don't want to give away the plot but the reason is i think partially there's clearly some sort of element of magic or supernatural stuff going on there's a there's a psychic medium in the movie or at least she claims to be they hold a seance and um there's like little elements but that's not really what the movie is about the movie is about like dealing with grief um uh and uh it's just um it's it's i don't know it's really gripping um and uh i I wouldn't call it scary although a lot of people list it as horror but I, i will say that um like visually there's a lot of um recurring like motifs that it reminded me again of watching something like the shining where like you know there's a lot of use of mirrors in the movie there's a lot of duplicates a lot of like feelings of the uncanny um so you're always kind of on edge and you feel uneasy um also, it has one of the most famous and controversial sex scenes in movie history. So if you're into that sort of thing, um, have at it. Okay. <laughs> what a way to leave it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the best where. Hey, it's in the Criterion Collection, so it's got to be classy. Oh, it, it, oh it's go. very classy. It's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's actually they're releasing the 4K uh, next month, which was like a happy coincidence. I think it's been on Blu-ray. Oh. Um, yeah, the... 
It's a very arty sex scene, but when you actually read an interview about it, Nicholas Roeg is like, it's only arty because the MPAA was so strict about what you could and couldn't show that I had to cut away to certain things at certain moments. <laughs> and now it's like famous for that. So it's, it's very cool. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I, I know of the movie. I have not seen it, but when you even said it, I, I couldn't place it for whatever reason. I, I don't know why, but yes, now I, now I at least know the one you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's but, um, well, this and Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which we talked about in a recent episode, are the two like yeah. famous '70s Donald Sutherland horror movies that I had never seen and have now checked mm. off my list, and they'd be a great double feature. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, th- that '78 Invasion is fantastic. So uh, I mean, I, I I really love the original. I know a lot of people will say the '70s one's even better. Oh, I like um, the original I, better. I I, I kind of do too. It's weird. I, I think the original doesn't give the credit it deserves no. sometimes. Uh, anyway, but that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> but all right, so that's an excellent third round pick, Nick. You are back on the board though, sir, with your uh, first pick of the fourth round. Okay, I am going to pick. Uh, I don't know what year it's from. I think 2015, 2016, The Void. I think 2016. Oh, good pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's uh, in my alternates list. So, yeah, great, great choice. I think yeah, it's on my list. Next to, you know, a dark song, I think it's probably the most, like, clearly a cult of mm-hmm. the movies on my list. Um, another movie that I- I'd been wanting to see for a while and, and had an opportunity to see for this for this episode. So, thank you. Um, I'd been wanting to see it just because I liked Psycho Gorman so much, and one of the co-directors of The Void went on to do that. So I was uh, expecting something more in the vein of Psycho Gorman in terms of the uh, the mood of the movie, and it was the polar opposite of that. It is a dark movie. It really <laughs> is dark, and yeah, and uh, bleak, very bleak, very shocking. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have been so shocking if I was expecting something different, but uh, going into yeah. it expecting Psycho Gorman, uh, I was like blown <laughs> away. Um, yeah really good and just the i it's fun to watch because the first time you see some of the creatures it's like there's that you know it's really shaky camera really lots of close-ups and it's like the the light is shorting out so there's like a strobe effect and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay i mean i like that use of um hiding some stuff but it's also i was like if i'm in for 90 minutes of that i'm gonna be a little bit annoyed but by the end of the movie the practical effects are just like right in front of you and very incredible. Yeah. Well, isn't the, uh, the director you're talking about who co-directed this and who uh, directed psycho Gorman. And I apologize because I'm blanking on his name. He is a special effects makeup. Yes. Guy, right. I think that's yeah, what he's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. So that makes total sense. Yeah. Totally yeah, does that, 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 that the effects are so great in the movie. And speaking of Witter entertainment and Alex DiVincenzo broke horror fan, uh, that I believe is just coming out onto VHS through them recently as well. Yes, they had released it before and it sold out, and uh, now I have yep. another opportunity to get it. They just reprinted. That's right. It. It's the restock. Yeah. So, yeah. and they also put out Psycho Gorman. So, yep. There you cool. go. <laughs> We're shouting out those guys uh, a lot tonight, but they deserve it. We are. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, Evan, anything you want to add about uh, the Void before it's your pick? No, I think Nick covered a lot of it there. Um especially with the effects like it's a good movie on its own but it's worth seeing just for the effects like they're mm-hmm. so good yeah absolutely 
and and it's it's a really like uh, Nick was mentioning like the, you know the, the the flicker and everything and you know but um but the filmmaking techniques and and you know in the film like it's a really well made film I mean oh, it, yeah. look, not just the special effects everything about it I think looks fantastic yeah um, yeah and it's it is but yeah just be prepared it's gonna be a rough ride and it's gonna be a bleak <laughs> movie when you go into it I I wasn't going in expecting Psycho Gorman but I went in knowing nothing about the tone I was just like oh this looks good and was just like oh yeah that was that was a that was a tough one yeah um, it's a lot but anyway it's yeah, got some it major Hellraiser vibes. Oh, absolutely. particularly Hellraiser two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good absolutely. comparison. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, for sure. I just watched yeah. it because I was like, "Oh, this has neon," and so <laughs> that's what got me going to it. And then I was just pleasantly surprised. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's the void, and that is uh, Nick's fourth round pick. But Evan, you are now on the clock with your fourth round selection. Yeah, this one uh, is on my list instead of Hereditary now. Um, mm. So I've not watched it as recently as I could have, um, but it's The Empty Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've not seen this. It Me was neither. one of the earlier things to come out uh, to theaters when there was next to no movies to come out in theaters uh, after the pandemic kind of was lifting restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the only reason I ended up seeing it. Um, and I feel like it's not like the most amazing movie, but I think it should get, um, some more notice than I think it got to coming out at such a weird time. Um, but it's just kind of about, a a former cop who now does like some private security stuff and he's trying to find a missing girl who's gotten kind of wrapped up in a cult kind of situation has kind of a lot of a lot of weird vibes kind of connecting it to other more real life cults um and some interesting thing about that again magic not real but it delves into some ideas that have been a little more fashionable recently especially online that of what they call tulpas which is just a lot of people believing in things enough that they manifest into reality which i guess is something taken out of theosophy some 1920s magic thing which itself is stealing it from eastern religions and all that kind of stuff um so i like that they kind of deep dove a little bit for that it's based on a comic which i haven't read um but if only for variety and types of magic it was kind of number one on my alternates list there okay gotcha nick have you seen the empty man no um but uh you just sold me on it it sounds good i kept seeing it come up in the list of occult movies so i didn't realize it was so recent so it came out during the pandemic yeah um it and come play kind of came out at the same time and you could do like a double feature of indie horror that probably wouldn't have made it to theaters otherwise um which is the only reason i ended up seeing both of those and that isn't so much an occult horror movie, but Come Play, also pretty underrated in my opinion. Um, and both just kind of good watches. Uh, Empty Man mostly for being different is why I like it. Gotcha. Oh, nice. All right. I'll have to check yeah. that out then. That's another one to, to add to the watch list, Nick. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's that's the uh, 
uh, byproduct of doing this podcast, Evan, is that you're just constantly adding movies to your to watch list. That <laughs> you makes get sense. so many good recommendations. <laughs> uh, excellent. All right. Well, um, it is my uh, fourth round uh, selection, the final pick of the fourth round, and I'm gonna stick in both uh, recent pandemic horrors, and I'm going to also stick in small shutter horror films and i'm gonna take the 2021 horror film hellbender made by the adams and poser family um nick i I believe you've seen hellbender evan have you seen hellbender yeah that's another one that i only ended up watching uh to prepare for this and yeah super good yeah i mean i think i I believe the, the 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 how it came about is that there's this the this family and it is um john adams is the dad toby poser is the mother and um their daughter is uh zelda adams the three of them are the listed directors so all three of them directed this film but they're basically i guess stuck in the house during the pandemic and are like well we can't really work with other people let's make a movie together basically uh seems to be the the impetus for this film and uh, it's a almost exclusively one location horror film uh, a mother and her daughter the mother is very protective doesn't want to let her daughter out to go even into the town to do anything um the mother will go to the store if they need something or whatever uh they play in a band together the mom and the daughter um you learn that they both um have magic that they can use um and then the daughter starts to realize um i guess some teenage exercise some teenage rebellion and begin to like go to the neighbor's house which is they live in a very rural area so the neighbor's house is like through the woods like you know to another area basically and she you know meets this other like girl um who you know goes to the actual public school and that sort of thing and um the mom is not a fan of the daughter kind of you know exercising that freedom and that sort of comes full circle in the finale which i don't want to say anything about uh but in many ways it feels almost like a coming of age horror film through like magic and like uh recognizing your power and uh stepping into it uh that sort of thing um so it's a great little film it's kind of amazing that it got made you know just like this one family together um and I, I, you know, it, for anyone who loves indie horror, this is another one to add to your list. I, I thought it was fantastic. No, I Sorry. definitely agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what more to say because you covered a lot. Um, it's definitely a movie that that sprinkles in effects. I think just the right amount. Yeah. It feels like they could be biting off more than they would be able to do, but they they keep just the other side of that, so it's always just a little little flair when they do, and it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, and and really well done because some of that is like um, visual effects, not really like special effects makeup in some cases, and very quickly, you know, if you use too much of that, it can start to seem you know hollow and and not what you're going for and they use like you said just the right amount where you know they don't they don't rely on it too much really with the film so uh nick had you had you seen hellbender so no i actually hadn't and for some reason i thought it was 2022 because i could have sworn it was on your year-end list but now i'm trying to remember which episode you you drafted it before if i'm not mistaken 
You know why? You know what? Um, because when I was doing the research for this, it was listing it as 2021. But I think that's, again, this thing they're doing lately where they're listing when a film goes to festivals. That's right. I think that you would. But done, yeah, it was its official release, which I think was like um, both in theaters and on Shutter was like in 2022. Um, okay, that makes because I remember you drafting it, and I was like, I had to put that on my list, so I got to see that. Yeah, so like it went to Fantasia Fest in August of 2021, but then it was released on Shutter, um, February 24th, 2022. Ah, that okay, and and I, and I don't think it got like a you know theatrical release, you know, even in like small cities. At least I I don't recall seeing anything. Um, I think it was a kind of like a direct to shutter release. So I think that's why I, I it, so technically I guess you're right. It, it should be a 2022. I mentioned 2021. Oh no, um, I didn't know, but okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just this weird thing that sites are doing now where they're listing when it came to a festival. But to me, that's not a real release. You're just, you're just playing at that festival. You know, you're not distributed at that point. So it's just weird to me. I agree. Know? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, I gotta see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's my fourth round pick. I am back on the board. First pick of the fifth round. And uh, okay, now that we're down to final here, let me just take a look here and see. Lots of lots of fantastic movies still on the board. Um. you know what i just like this movie too much even if it's even if it's like uh demonic sacrifice uh i'm gonna go with it anyway i know i've got a lot of demon based horror on my list but uh i just love jennifer's body too much not to not to have it drafted in this uh topic so there you go i'm gonna take karen kusama's uh jennifer's body with my fifth round selection um I believe the magic comes from a band who wants to sacrifice a virgin in order to make it big and become famous, basically. But they choose um, uh, uh, Megan Fox's character, who uh, is not a virgin, (laughs) even though I think she lies to them and says that she is. Uh, So they sacrifice her and... um, she then comes back as um, like a succubus kind of demon, I guess, um, perhaps is the best way to put it. Uh, although, Evan, you may you may uh, have a better idea of, of, of exactly what she is in this film. Uh, but she then goes on to just begin consuming uh, 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 men and like uh, feeding on them. And then um, Amanda Seyfried has to... Uh, like stop her and then takes over some of her powers uh, by the end of the film. Um, it's a funny movie. It's a really well-made movie. It's a movie that was so unfortunately like misinterpreted when it came out and just marketed horribly. I mean, th- the studio just screwed that film uh, with the release strategy that they had in the marketing. I mean, it just you, you can't screw the pooch worse than that movie did in terms of how they tried to market it to folks. Um, but it's it's 
fantastic and great performances by both Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And it's kind of a horror movie about like female friendships and um, kind of the shitty things that can go on with it. But um, deep down still caring and, um, you know, loving somebody, um, even though you're going through very difficult, shitty things with them. (laughs) Um, So there you go. That's my final pick. Jennifer's body. Evan, was that on your list anywhere? No, uh, I'm due for a rewatch on that one is what I'm realizing uh, with the conversation. I'm, I'm glad we're getting some more uh, girl power in here, though. Like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of man-made movies here so far, which, you know, it's just movies in general, I guess. But uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh Nick, have you have you seen has you has it been a while since no, you've seen Jennifer's body? It's been body drafted as well? so many times now on this podcast. I feel yeah. terrible. I got to obviously just to be in the discussion moving forward as I imagine it will continue to get drafted. Uh yes. I, I have to catch up on that. All right. Well, there you go. Well, that's my 5th round pick. Evan, you are now on the clock. Your final pick of the draft here in the 5th round, sir. All right. I'm realizing mine uh, is skewing a little witch heavy, but Hopefully it's still still got some variety. Uh, I'm going with the Love Witch, mm. um, which if my co-director uh, for the movie I'm working on were here, she does not like it. That's a uh, a main oh. point of uh, difference in us. Um, but it's just kind of about a modern day witch, and I guess her misadventures is what I'll call them: uh, seducing and using men. Um, the big notable thing with this movie is that it just channels the 60s so much in a mm. way that's just super great. From uh, They use 35mm stock for it, and they got kind of a, an expert cinematographer in replicating different eras of film to, to do it. Um, so that was a big way that they kind of sold me just because I knew it would be gorgeous looking. Um, and they kind of planned everything just around that whole aesthetic. The performances all feel very 60s, the set design, the uh, color choices they use, even though it's definitely set in modern day, and they don't really hide that. Mm-hmm. Um, you get kind of more contemporary witchcraft in it as far as that sort of thing goes. This is where you get like the... The kind of witchcraft that teens would start playing around with in high school. You get like uh, witch bottles is a big thing that she uses, which is just a glass bottle full of body fluids. So she's got her tampon in there, some urine, a bunch of other stuff. They hang out at a Ren Fair, which even though it isn't magic, feels tied to magic, especially if you're going with a modern, modern view of witchcraft. Um, and you know, just just pleasure to watch, really, for for the way that they have it uh, designed. Nice, yeah. I, I haven't seen this film, but when I've seen it, like on streaming services, because it has that that look, I thought it was an older film. But I was like, oh, I just, I guess, I've never heard of this like witchcraft movie. And then it's like a 2016 <laughs> movie. Like once I like clicked on it, so I was like very surprised because. Yeah, it it definitely has that look where it seems like it's from the like 60s or 70s or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like if Bewitched could be edgy is kind of the okay. the, the vibe <laughs> it ends up having for that reason. Nice. Now, I'm curious 
you said that your co-writer co-director uh alex does not like this movie what what are her issues with the film uh i think she kind of feels that it's more a style over substance kind of thing um which i know i i'm a sucker for style as we already talked about uh the original suspiria like that's just oozing in style even though it's it's got a good story but it's all in the style for for that one for sure and and definitely for the love witch as well okay gotcha nick have you seen this one i have not no okay no but it sounds really cool yeah stylistically especially i'm i'm into that Absolutely. Yeah, it's another one to add to the list now. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, you are now on the clock with the final selection to be made in this draft. Uh, Sure. Yeah. So I have four choices left on my list, and I was just going through them thinking one of them if we do like an undrafted free agents, I'll definitely talk about, but I I just can't, I can't even convince myself that it's an occult movie, even though it's like listed as one on a lot of different sources. So I'm I'm not going to, if I can't convince myself of that, I'm not going to convince you guys. So uh, that leaves a few others. And one of them we've talked about so much on this podcast that I'm just not going to pick it, even though I think it's the better movie. So it's not the one that you think it is probably Brantley. Um, Oh, okay. All right. But, uh, so I'm going to pick um, what year it's from. I think 2018. Yes. Uh, 2018 movie Apostle, um, which is uh, streaming on Netflix, but it was directed by Gareth Evans, who directed the Raid movies, the Raid 1 and 2. Um, gotcha. Uh, again, uh, uh, one that I'd, I'd sort of heard about. Uh, I never really looked into it because I, I didn't know enough to, to even make myself interested. But then I looked it up again for this episode, saw that Gareth Evans directed it, which I had no idea of, um, and was curious, and I'm glad I watched it. Um, it's got um, it's got Michael Sheen in it, Dan Stevens. It's um, This is a movie where the production design is, like, phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. It's really impressive art direction, um, costumes, um, just, like, the sense of place is really, really well done. It takes place on this island. Um, it's like small island where sort of a, a group of people, not really a cult, a community, but a group of people, uh, have sort of moved because they were disenchanted with living life on the mainland. And, uh, so it's this very like tight knit little town at the turn of the 20th century, I believe. Um, and just, again, the sense of place is just really phenomenally done. Um, very overt magic involved. There's no question about that. Um, the reason I didn't really want to pick it was because I, I, it, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend you guys watch it. Anyone else who hasn't seen it, um, very solid one-time watch. I honestly, I saw it last week and I've forgotten almost all of it. It's one of those movies that like you watch, you enjoy for two hours, and then it just like falls into the dustbin of your memory like i couldn't tell you three things about it anymore um but uh worth seeing if you're in the mood for something like that kind of just like a throwaway piece of entertainment um it's really well executed and uh and it's not a bad movie by any means it's 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 good it's just it's just good okay 
Nick, yeah, I, so- I got a second his uh, love of that movie. It's it's very good. I didn't get around to rewatching it, so I didn't want to pick it. Um, but like, man, based on your choices, Nick, like both you guys made great choices, but. Nick, we just got to hang out, man. Like, geez, I know <laughs> your, your choices are all the same. I know. No, I'm, uh, I, uh, yeah, that's my takeaway here too. Uh, next time in, in Colorado or you take a trip to New Hampshire, we'll all hang out. We'll, there you, you know. go. Absolutely. Nick, I, I gotta say, man, I'm so surprised you did not pick your favorite film of all time here. I, I mean, I'm a little surprised too, Brantley. I'm not going to lie to you, but I think so. There's two reasons for it. One, we've talked about it so much, and two, mm-hmm. when we were talking about how we were going to define occult horror, you actually used that as an example um, of like something that could fall under that category. And I was like, oh, I never ever would have thought about The Shining for this. Um, and then because you had mentioned it, I was like, okay, it's expected now. I have to try and keep that off my list. So, oh, I think okay. that's part of it. I like how you're going into drafts now with challenges to not draft The Shining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is, you know, The Shining is magic, you know, being able to to, you know, talk with someone else through, you know, your mind you know that's that's uh, magical definitely no if don't look now as matt is a cult then the shining i guess is too but um there you go yeah no you know what i just i wanted to uh i wanted to challenge myself to to go somewhere a little unfamiliar so yeah five brand new movies perfect well you succeeded sir oh thank you uh all right so to wrap up this draft our guest evan chose haxon in the first round Suspiria, but the 2018 remake in the second round, Dark Song in the third, The Empty Man in the fourth, and The Love Witch in the fifth. Uh, Nick, in the first round, took Antrim, the deadliest film ever made. In the second round, he took The Autopsy of Jane Doe, Don't Look Now was chosen in the third, The Void in the fourth, and Apostle in the fifth round. Uh, I chose The Exorcist in the first round, Hereditary in the second, The Witch in the third, Hellbender in the fourth, and then Jennifer's Body in the fifth. That concludes the Occult Horror Draft. Uh, Gentlemen, any undrafted free agents, a.k.a. honorable mentions, that you would like to shout out before we uh, bring this draft to a close? Yeah, I had a few different ones that I was a little surprised didn't come up. Uh, the Craft was a big one for me that I was like, man, someone's going to scoop it up. I won't even bother. Um, the yeah. Craft 2, also great, um, if you guys didn't catch that one. I haven't seen that. I didn't even know there was a sequel to The yeah, Craft Yeah, it came out two? last year, I think. Yeah, it's one of those oh, like legacy oh, oh. sequel kind of deals. Yeah. I thought it was a remake. I thought it was just like The Craft... 2021 version or whatever it was it mostly functions as a remake there's like a couple little tie-ins you're like oh okay but yeah otherwise it's like it's more like a requel like a like a okay gotcha gotcha all right uh what else though what else do you have in your list uh pumpkin head is one that (laughs) feels a little more creature featurey so i kind of hesitated to pick that one um night house is another one that as a little more recent that was on my list. Um, anything for Jackson is another really good uh, Shutter one. Goes into your your demon stuff a little bit. 
Okay. The the one sentence plug that got me to watch it was it's like a reverse exorcism. So that that, that felt cool. enough for me. Like it it's a little wild. Um, and then just a couple things that I was like, are these horror though? So there's like any of the Hellboy movies and uh, Practical Magic. Yeah. Uh, all those. I'm like, I mean, there's some spooky stuff. They're magic for sure. I don't think they fit. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Nick, what about you, sir? Besides The Shining, I guess. Yeah, so The Shining was one, of course. <laughs> um, and then there were two others. One that I never would have, like... It, it took this episode for me to even think of it in this context, but I never would have, you know, thought of it as an occult movie, but it clearly is, uh, I think, The Evil Dead, um, you know? Yeah. It's like... I, was, I had everyone on the list... <laughs> Everyone from that franchise is on my list. Oh, okay, good, good, good. So it's not just yeah, me. He, I'm like, surprised none. I'm honestly surprised you didn't draft any of them. No, I really. Um, it didn't occur to me until like today, and I was like, wow. I mean, there's like literally like basically a spell book in that movie that they're reading mm-hmm. from, <laughs> which then unleashes these like, yep, supernatural creatures. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that would definitely, obviously, that would be on a list for me. I mean, I love. We've talked about how much we love that movie. Um, Mm-hmm. Sorry to speak for you, but I mean, I think um, you can speak for me okay. on the Evil Dead. I'll allow do, it. Do right. horror fans ever not love the Evil Dead movies? Yeah, that's exactly they, they're right. just great. That's, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> that would, that's yeah, that is a good point. Um, <laughs> and then there's a movie that I said I just don't see as being a cult, and I, I, I but lots of sources listed it that way. Um, 1977's House or Houseu, the Japanese movie. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I it it's supernatural for sure. I'm not really sure how I would define it as a cult, but wow, what a bananas movie! That was mm. an awesome first time watch. Uh, again, one that's been on my list for for a few years, um, and I got to scoop up that criterion now because it's just completely like people had prepped me for like it being weird, and I was like, yeah, I've seen weird movies before, but like it, it's just so like kinetic and awesome and colorful it's like beautiful but surreal and weird and funny and oh my god i mean i loved it but it just didn't quite fit nice all right well uh these are all excellent uh honorable mentions or undrafted free agents um i'll mention a couple that were on my list even though i think most of them i i probably was not going to be um drafting um like Nick mentioned, the Evil Dead franchise was on there. Uh, I had The Craft on my list, but I don't think I was ever going to draft it. I think it's a fun movie, but I don't even really find it all that horrific or scary, really. That's you know, fair, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I also had the original Hellraiser, which came up in the discussion, uh, obviously. Um, I had um, uh, Season of the Witch, um, George Romero's oh, film. Um, I think it's a great uh, a great witchcraft story uh, didn't end up making my list. Um, Rosemary's Baby uh, again. I was very demon devil kind of focused, so uh, that one I wasn't going to draft primarily for that. Um, I've never seen the original Ouija film, but Ouija Origin of Evil, the um, prequel, I guess, right by Mike Flanagan. Um, that movie is fantastic. I, I thought that was like awesome, and what a great film about like magic and and stuff like that. And then, um, 
almost as a joke, I had the Child's Play franchise on my. I mean, kind of. Totally. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> I don't think I was ever really seriously considering drafting them, but I was like, I guess those technically count oh, uh, for sure. based on the criteria uh so anyway those are a couple of my uh uh honorable uh mentions there um but this has been an absolute blast evan thank you so much for for coming on and uh drafting occult horror with us oh thank um, you guys yeah uh is there anywhere people can find you online or is there anything you would like to plug uh before we wrap it up here yeah, the main place to kind of follow what we're up to is uh, on Instagram. Uh, we're at Field of Screams Film. Um, that's just kind of to differentiate us from a semi-popular Pennsylvania haunted attraction called Field of Screams. <laughs> uh, um, okay. But So Field of Screams Film. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we post uh, cast and crew updates once we get them all contracted in. Uh, we'll be announcing the Kickstarter here soon, and we'll show all the rewards and that sort of thing on there uh, in the coming weeks. Nice. Now that is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was sorry to interrupt. I was. Just, can I ask you? Is it the Pennsylvania Field of Screams? I was reading the bios of some of your cast members, and one of them, I think, was a performer at a haunted attraction called Field of Screams. Is that true? Yeah, I I need to ask her if it's like the one that was almost ruining our seo or if it's like a more <laughs> a more local uh more local based kind of ripoff or something because i saw she had put that in there i'm like wait what so i i have to message her and ask because i'm very curious too i mean that's super cool that she could have that on her resume twice right <laughs> genuinely oh yeah <laughs> um awesome well yeah i was gonna say i'm as Brantley said, thank you so much for, for A, bringing us the topic, B, giving us your time. Um, this is great. I mean, this is one of the most fun categories I think I've had. So really, yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, I was going to say good luck on good luck with the movie. I can't wait to follow. Um, let us know when the Kickstarter comes out so we can um, yep. so we can promote that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be sure to let you know. Um, yeah, this gave me the opportunity to watch some things that had definitely been sitting on my to-watch list, so super thankful for that, for sure. Nice. Well, yeah, that's what any guest on the Horror Drafts can expect, is to get a lot of homework about films <laughs> they need to watch to cram and prepare for the draft. Yeah. <laughs> and it is the prison Nick and I have been forced into <laughs> now with this podcast. And I understand why people do movie podcasts where they just watch a single movie right. and then discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh evan thank you again so much and uh everybody else um i'm not sure what we're going to be drafting next time but just follow the show and you know new episodes will just appear in your feed so uh thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time the song you heard in this episode is you are a monster by monroeville music center it's being used under a cc by creative commons license and was accessed from freemusicarchive.org if you'd like to hear more of monroeville music center you can find them on bandcamp their facebook page youtube spotify pandora apple music discogs iHeartRadio, and deezer and hey if you want to reach out and communicate with us please send an email to horrordraftspod at gmail.com
or find us on Instagram at Horror Drafts, all one word. We'd love to hear any questions you have for us, suggestions for topics to draft, or ideas for guests, especially if you can put us in touch with them. Thanks everyone, and we hope to hear from you soon.